You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. And we're back. From our little break? We took a break. We had one week off. It was great. Well, you know, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't a real. I had to move. It wasn't. Oh, like okay. So a you didn't really take a break then. No. <laughs> you had to, and like to be fair, I didn't take a break either because I still have a job and a life. It was yeah, more we just yeah. didn't do this once. We needed. <laughs> we needed a, yeah. a pause. Oh, I'm so glad we didn't do a show last week. I'm, I'm. I didn't know how much I needed to just not Turn worry about off. it yeah not yeah. worry about it and just not do anything and catch up on other things but but hey we're back and i'm excited we're going for we got it. some movies to talk about i have fan questions but just realized right now i haven't even loaded them up on the computer yet so why don't you talk while i do that <laughs> <laughs> all right um we have a busy day today we're talking about blinded by the light which opened at the screening room this past weekend which i'm really I, I really wish I had gone to see it. Like, well, I, I looks I think, really good. I think it's going to be one of those ones that probably is at the screening room for at least a couple weeks. Um, and then we're going to be talking about It, Chapter 2, that opened at the big movie theater this past weekend. Um, so it's kind of a back-to-fall episode, in a way. Yeah. And or I, kick off to Halloween. Yeah, and I think, I think that hopefully... We're going to get back to multiple movies every week on the show. You know, at least seeing and talking about two would be nice. I mean, it, yeah, I think it, more more movies are going to start to open in the fall, and then we get into Oscar season. It's exciting yeah, it's, time. Ran- it's ramping up. Yeah, yeah, this is the I feel like the movie lovers season. Oh, absolutely! Pretty much from here until you get to the Oscars, I think it's yeah. great because I'm still catching up usually in January and February mm-hmm. for for the Oscars. So yeah, this is this is a great time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to dive into it with some fan questions. If you're new to the podcast, we like to start off with that and we'll let you know at the end of this segment, uh, how you can participate if you're interested. Uh, Our first question comes from Shireen who says, hi team. I'm new to your podcast, but really enjoyed the extra content you seem to put out there. Spoiler talks, specials on awards seasons, etc. What extra content can we expect from you this fall? Any more Oscar previews, holiday movie specials, spoiler talks? Thanks for the cool show. Well, Shireen, as you're catching up, you're going to notice that everyone on the planet wants us to do a vampire episode. So that's happening in <laughs> <Stay> October. <tuned. laughs> so I don't know if you're a vampire fan, but that's been clamoring forever. So that for sure will be, I don't know. I, I don't know yet. We haven't decided if that's going to be like the, the, re- Halloween, the, the episode. Halloween episode, or if it's going to be like, here's a Halloween episode, and then here's a special. We Podcast. don't know. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Um, October is my favorite month, and favorites ha- Halloween's my favorite holiday, so I'm sure we could very well do a couple specials. I have a feeling we will. <laughs> like, I have a feeling we'll want to do another Halloween episode that's more general, and then we'll do the vampire one on top of that, and then maybe even other. Like, I'm sure there's going to be, or something will open that we'll want to do something cool about. Like, I feel like we'll My do, friends and yeah. I want to do a Halloween marathon, like the Halloween movie franchise. Mm-hmm. So that itself that could be one. Could be a we, that's true. That, a special on just the Halloween franchise. Yeah. That could be great. Yeah, yeah. So the new one's coming out yeah. soon. Yeah. Ish. I think. Is this it next, year? Is it this year or is it next year? I don't there was a couple of weeks ago we had some buzz about it, which made me think it was coming out this year. But I think that was because of one of the Comic Cons, wasn't it? Like I thought Oh, unless, and it was just yeah, an announcement. Unless it's at one of the film festivals. Either way, 
we could very well talk about Halloween. Yeah. So I think I think to answer the question, yeah, there'll probably be more special episodes and extras. And there'll um, be another Oscar episode. Oh, absolutely. We'll do another Oscar nomination, probably one, and then another contest. Another contest. Maybe. Oh yeah, that went well. People loved it. We'll do it again. Did Moira ever produce her episode? No. We just kind of stopped talking. I'll keep. I'll try to to get Moira back. But Tyler, who finished like almost dead last, <laughs> came he, and yeah, he produced an episode. NBC, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Even you though you never know what will happen on this yeah, show. This show's great. There's a lot of different things. Um, but I I think we usually yeah spoiler talks we save for when a big there's one. a big thing to talk about or there's a lot of like. I don't know. Controversy yeah, or, or buzz. Or there's so much in the movie that it would spoil it to even try to review yeah. it. I find that it's helpful to do spoiler talk. So we'll see. We'll see if it works. If people keep uh, downloading episodes, we'll keep making them. Um, but thank you for the question. Uh, Lily writes in, hi, Mike and Taylor. I missed my weekly fix of movie talk. Hope uh, you will be back on September 10th as promised. Yes, we're here. Uh, if so, have you heard any interesting TIFF news you can share? Um, well, next week's episode is dedicated to TIFF. We have a TIFF correspondent. We are we're bringing uh, Nicole, who is a friend of Taylor, who's going to call in. And a friend in. of the show. Friend of the show, <laughs> friend of Taylor, uh, is going to call in next week. So that would be the 17th of September. That episode will be a, a TIFF sort of recap. We're going to tell, we're basically going to have Nicole tell us about everything she saw, which apparently is a lot, according to her Instagram. She goes to movies. So it's of TIFF is a ten day festival, I believe. Uh, yeah. She goes every single day, pretty much from morning to night. Um, she just like jams as many movie screenings and panels as she can get into wow. that ten days. So I think because Impressive. the amount of movies at TIFF, there's no physical way you can see everything, but she sees as much as she can humanly possible yeah and we only have we only have an hour so we'll we're having her call in so i think what we'll do next week is just have her kind of talk about the highlights and lowlights um what you know interesting things we'll ask questions about we'll talk about some of the films if there's anything we've heard of we'll see if she saw it and talk about it but yeah so so for you lily and anyone else interested september 17th episode will be a tiff tiff episode cool uh and that looks like it's it um i I wrote, a. I wrote a and i don't know if that means there was another person and i forgot to grab it but if so we'll, we'll get you next week um <laughs> if you want to ask a question all you have to do to contribute is email us at screening at gmail.com so just screening in kingston at gmail.com you can also just follow us on social media facebook twitter and instagram send us a direct message um comment on something with a question whatever you'd like uh use the hashtag screening in ygk as well um we will find your questions and read them out on the show uh okay we're gonna uh review some movies cool shall we talk about it first yeah i have a lot it chapter two of emotions yes we were just briefly talking before we uh we went on air about this and uh we have some similar feelings but some different feelings so let's uh, let's just dive into it what did you overall what did you think of it chapter two i'm glad that i used my scene points and didn't pay money. So you went to the Cineplex, not I Landmark. Did go. Interesting. Well, Cineplex is my preferred. You prefer the Cineplex? Yes, really? personally. Um, I get my scene points, mm-hmm. and I think the popcorn is better. Yeah, I mean, Which yes. is a controversial the, topic. The best I know... popcorn in this city is at the screening room. Well, duh. 
Like there's no, there's not even, it's not even a question. I don't know what they do, but it's the it's best. the real butter. I think it's the real butter. But even the popcorn on its own, like I've had it without butter and I really, it's, good, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm a fan of the Cineplex popcorn and I live like three minutes away. Oh, that makes, that, that makes one. sense. Okay. So I went with my friends, Val and Nick, who are also horror movie fans. Okay. I was the third wheel. <laughs> Couldn't get your boyfriend out of this one? Dan does not watch horror movies. Oh, no, not at all. He does not like them because they scare him. For new uh, people, Dan is Taylor's boyfriend. We bring him up a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's talked about this show yeah, quite a bit. I love him as much as I love movies. So <laughs> there you go. That's why I bring him go. up a lot. <laughs> and sometimes he gets dragged to movies, and it's really funny when Taylor tells us, like, what did Dan think of this movie? Yeah. It's really You'll funny. You'll get what Dan thought about the Blinded by the Light. Oh, good. Great. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Look forward to it. Um... So Dan's afraid of horror movies. He accidentally went to see Hereditary once, oh. and he didn't know it was a horror movie. Oh. So, anyways, I don't even ask him. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm gonna go with Val and Nick. See ya. So, um, we went to the Cineplex, and for those of you who don't know, we did have this headline quite a few months ago. It comes in at just under three hours. It's, yeah, there's two hours and like fifty minutes. Yes, it is that's kind of long. long for. It's too long. It was too, it, this movie was too long. It was too long because I think when we were talking about the headline from many months ago, we said it's either going to be a good plan if it's good, right? Yeah, yeah. Three hours of good horror, or it's going to be a bad plan if the movie's not good. I think it was not a good plan. <laughs> yeah, it was not a great plan to be at three hours. I um haven't read the book. So I don't know how faithfully it's following the plot line, but to me it was super stupid. I've I've <laughs> read the book, but it was a long time ago, and the book's pretty dumb. Um, it is okay, so it's yeah. Maybe the source material is just yes. I will say that it's pretty. From what I remember, they didn't. From what I remember, the book it chapter two did not add in a bunch of stuff, but a lot of things weren't touched upon. Okay. Somewhat in a good way, because there are weird. There's weird things in that book. Like the orgy. The, the yeah, the child orgy. orgy is one of them. Does not make an appearance the, in chapter no, two. Just so you guys or know. in chapter one. Thank you. Um, or the turtle who who threw up the universe. Oh. Um, which is what the reason why the kids are protected quite a bit when they're young, um, is because this turtle's protecting them, and that's the turtle is like God. Is the person who threw up the universe, and that's how the universe I'm came glad out. That like they threw, didn't. like threw up <laughs> the universe. It is a turtle. Like this turtle's ill, and it throws up the universe. And the child are the children are protected by this turtle. Yeah. So spoiler all of alert. this not in the yeah, movie, by the way. Um, but the movie was weird enough without all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, and we won't spoil the actual movie. So none of this is in there. So it doesn't actually matter to the, yeah. to the plot of the movie, and it really doesn't matter in terms of of what. Because I I do think with it chapter. After one, they did a really good job of setup for this movie. It um, had a logical storyline. It had good scares, good chemistry between the kid actors. Mm -hmm. It Chapter One is one of the reasons why we're having a horror renaissance yeah. in Hollywood. Yes, I would agree. Um, yeah. And we've sung the praises of It Chapter One frequently on yeah. this show. Yeah. It Chapter Two, completely different tone from I Chapter I will agree one. with that, yeah. Um, they CGI Finn Wolf whatever his name they cgi the kid's face yeah you can tell yeah it looks like bad yeah airbrush. the cgi 
CJ because is he's no though I read an article the kid is growing up too fast yes yeah he's which hit happens. puberty yeah and so they wanted him to look like how he looked in the first movie so they had to do that weird de-aging that they've been doing in Hollywood yeah and I think that like I will agree with you because I think I probably like this movie from more. the sounds of it more than you did but I want the, the things I will agree with you that I did not really enjoy was I did not think the tone was was there for what they so, set up in the first one so different um i thought it was more a comedy more of a comedy playing itself as a thriller it's not to me it's not as scary when you put adults with a clown than kids with a clown because to me there's a bit of a, a, a power dynamic that happens when you have an adult clown scaring a bunch of children i was never really fearful I for the adults in the a, same way a spoiler alert but that's essentially that was like the the moral of the story was that they're adults so they're not scared anymore. Well, no, that's not really a spoiler because in the first movie they do address that. Like um as long as one you don't of the kids feed his Exactly. Fear. As long as you don't feed his fear. I mean, that's how the kids defeat him and and they talk about it. I can't remember which kid. I think Stanley or Mike or one of them says in the beginning that when they were researching of this story of this clown and and every 27 years he like the adults seem to be less and less bothered and less mm-hmm. and less and the only reason why these kids remember is because they were traumatized by yeah. it so the, he's feeding off their trauma so i don't think that's a spoiler at all because okay. it, it, i think that's well set up in the first movie so that how you defeat him is not feeding his fear it's not going to be scary because they're grown-ups and obviously they're exactly. not afraid of crime exactly my other issue with the movie was i don't I saw the first movie in theaters and I haven't rewatched it to be quite honest, but I remember there being genuine scares in the first one. Yes, there were. In this one, they rely so heavily on CGI. I agree. And essentially it's just like gross people. Yeah. I You're agree. not it's yeah. not scary, they're just gross it's to look more, at. It's more yeah, it's more gross to look at and grotesque. it's grotesque. And again, I, I think they do I think they do try to build tension quite a bit, more so than than jump scares and legitimate scares because i i would agree with you see i rewatched it mm-hmm. the minute like the day before they right. might have been earlier that day before i went to, to see refresh. it yes and i'm so glad i did that because i think this movie works so much better in a back-to-back setting watch them as a there complete was a lot of thing things i had forgotten yes. from the first and they didn't do a recap especially when it comes to connecting with these characters as adults and remembering who they are remember which kid was yeah which. yeah and that's that helped me so much by rewatching it um, because I, the thing that I liked about this movie was I really thought they nailed the casting of the adults. Like I thought Jessica Chastain was great. I yeah. thought um, James McAvoy was great. Yeah. I really liked Bill Hader. He was great um, in this, and and I just felt like they captured the kids while they were young so well. But had I not watched it back to back, you don't really care. I wouldn't have cared exactly. And I think that's both a fault of this movie, but what will make it to me watchable again later is I'm gonna have a night one day in a year from now. Just like Next I did Halloween. with two Avengers movies, I can now watch them back to back as a, as one apparently six hour night <laughs> of movies. But I could do that. I could watch it chapter one, it chapter two in a row, and I think together it's pretty complete. Which makes me think maybe this would have been better as a mini series. Oh, as I totally agree. To a film, and if I, it was a bit like a an HBO or like a like some sort of Netflix, bigger Netflix, yeah, ten episodes, more, yeah. That would have. I agree. And I agree then you. you wouldn't have worried about the kids getting older, and you would yeah. have had to airbrush them because yeah. you would have filmed it. Back <laughs> yeah, to back. it was weird. Like I have you to say, tell. it was a. Vi- you could tell it was very weird, and it kind of took you out of it a little bit. Of like, he looks kind of like a turtle. On? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think the original it from the eighties. 
that was a mini series. It was a yeah two night mini series. Um, but again, the budget was so low and it was way back low. They couldn't do anything with it, so it's not very good. Well, um, but I think if they had made this a mini series for Netflix, even six episodes like they did with Chernobyl for yeah. Crave, a six episode mini series with a decent budget like this, with these, you could could have gotten these act, same actors. I think I agree with you. I think if you tell the story chronologically from the beginning to the end with the jumps from when their kids be, all, adults back and, and the forth tone would good. have been more consistent i totally agree with you did they yeah. change directors no same director so again weird yeah. that like the second one literally feels like um like a you know the the scream spoofs oh know? um <sighs> scary movie it felt like a scary yeah. movie okay see i i <sighs> I think the comedy was there, but I don't think it was as silly as a scary movie. Like, I think they That's were still true. trying to take That's it seriously. True. And I it think the tone did come. Yeah. It was more like, I again, I just, I can't get over the fact that I think because they were adults, not the like adults in danger I'm desensitized to, but it's not the same as kids being scared by a clown because I just know an adult, some clown pops out and or you punch it in the face and like, that's probably the reaction, that was right? Just goofy. It, it was... it, yeah, it comes off as. I don't think they – I think the impact they wanted was they're traumatized. But I don't think they always landed with these characters being traumatized. And they introduced, like, weird plot points. This is – and for our new listeners, you'll learn that I'm big about coherent storytelling. They introduced plot points in It Chapter 2 that they never really They never go back to. They never go back to. Very clumsy. <laughs> and this isn't – I don't consider this a spoiler because it happens probably in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Je- Jessica Chastain's character Bev is is in an abusive relationship with her husband. Like he like brutally beats her in the first twenty minutes of the movie. Never, never bring it up again. Why did we have to see such graphic spousal abuse? And why didn't they use that as an opportunity to connect it to her past, her past trauma. trauma with her dad? Yeah, never. <laughs> but they never talk. About they it. never talk about it. You get to see her horrific bruises through the whole movie and there's one point where they say um one of the characters when they're catching up they go oh like you're you're you and your husband designed those shoes or something and she's like yeah me and my husband and then that's again, it that's yeah. it that's the only yeah. and it's to me that's just sloppy storytelling yeah. Yeah. and it's 2019 i'm sorry i don't need to see women treated like shit mm-hmm. on film for no well, reason. If you're not going to incorporate it into the plot in a way that is meaningful and impactful and there's and a reason for it. And exactly. And... Then then what are you doing? Yeah. Because, so... because, and again, this is where he comes to the lazy storytelling. I bet you it's one of those things. I can't remember. But I bet you it's one of those things where it's like, well, it was in the book. So we yeah, got to like, figure out a place in We got to add the fact we that gotta, her husband It's for her character. Though. Like We have to put it in there. But even within that, you have to like give the character's moments in order to show those things addressing them like it's a this is not real life this is a story there has to be a reason yes why and stories yes stories have reasons and pl- uh, plots and you characters usually come full circle there's in a certain way there's usually arcs um but yeah a- again i think that like for me i still came out of it with some enjoyment and i think that the cast did a very good job and it was nice to see the old spice guy do something mike when he was older that's the guy from the old spice commercials all the I'm like drawing a blank all the old spice commercials where they're like you know he's in the shower he's and super he's in, buff? yeah yeah and that's that's, that's mike? yeah that's the guy who plays he's mike kinda, yeah 
dowdy in this Yeah, movie. but they he's well, I mean the old space commercials were filmed like years ago. Fair, so. Yeah, like ten, <laughs> so not fair, fair. Like ten years ago. Yeah. But like he looks but like a dad. Yeah, and yeah. I guess that's the point. They are supposed to be they like They are supposed to parent yeah. age. Yeah. Um yeah, none of them have children. Yeah. Which is weird to me, but like what I yeah. okay. Maybe that's not a point in the book. I don't again, I don't remember, but but, but again, like for me, I think to me, it was, yeah, it had a lot of comedy in it. To me, it was still a thriller. They tried a couple things. I still think Bill Skarsgård does a great job. He's the only. Um, as Pennywise. He gave it all. Yeah, and and I think that, like, that that still worked for me. So for me, I'm going to still give it a stream it because I really think you don't have to rush out to theaters to see this movie. No. But I really think when it comes out, you should take it and it chapter two and watch them as a back-to-back, and I think it's a pretty enjoyable evening. Personally, for me, it's a skip it. There you go. We're going into Halloween season. <laughs> you're you know, going to raise the bar. There, Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. honestly, let's sure. raise the bar. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people in Hollywood think our first movie was successful. Let's immediately churn mm-hmm. out a mm-hmm. sequel. They don't take the time yeah. to make a quality film. Yeah. And they didn't. This was, this was like, what, only two years later? Horrible. And, oh, we're going to rely on horrible CGI. Yeah. yeah. I want to go back to the days of practical effects. Yeah. If you're going to um, use CGI, you need to pour the money into it and use it properly. If not, why not just do practical They effects? looked goofy. Yeah. It looked goofy. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. so Taylor gives it a skip it. I give it a stream it. So that's it. Chapter two. Um, so moving on now to Blinded by the Light. Yeah. So this is one of those sort of um, – it's going to – it was – I think it was released in big theaters. But I feel like it's one of those movies that can easily slip under the radar. Well, yeah, if... and it was pretty independently produced, I think, wasn't it? Wasn't it a pretty... It's by the guy who makes uh, – who made Bend It Like Beckham. So in England, he's oh, a Also in England, deal. he's a big deal, but not so much over <laughs> here. Okay, okay. Um, and he's made other movies that people would – that are kind of household names, yeah. but again, like not he's a he's a British director, so. right, right. And I believe his production company produced it. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So for people who don't know what the movie is about, it's about um. It takes place in the eighties in England, a small kind of a small town outside of London, and it's about um a young boy who's in high school and he is the son of immigrant parents from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. So the kind of the major conflict in the film is that his dad um is very traditional he wants him to be a good pakistani boy he says like you'll never be english you'll always be pakistani and this is all taking place um against the a backdrop of um when uh, margaret thatcher was prime minister of england so they were in sort of an economic recession racism is on the rise kind of essentially what's happening now you know um when People lose jobs, sort of right-wing politics are on the rise. So you see how he sort of, he comes from a lower income family and he's facing racism in his community. And essentially he just wants to leave the, the town, um, obviously. So, um, and then he meets this guy in high school who introduces him to the music of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> and so Bruce Springsteen's music um is kind of its own character in the film and it's featured obviously very heavily in the soundtrack mm-hmm. but then they also have a lot of great 80s hits that aren't bruce springsteen and so the movie is kind of about how um he i think his name is javid it's essentially about how javid is coming of age in this um, economically depressed town and how he feels like he can become his best self through the music of bruce springsteen so that is the plot of the movie 
it's very much sort of a stereotypical coming of age story, except that Bruce Springsteen kind of like hovers over right, right. the whole movie. You know what I mean? So he's so the, is the character like using this like in what ways is he using this music to sort of like be inspired? Like is it just like it kind of gets the motor running and he's he you know wants to to do better things or. Or, like, you're saying it's a character, so, like, how, how does that, without giving away too much, like, how does it kind of incorporate itself into the movie in that way? They do something, it's, they make some interesting choices that I'm still kind of on the fence about. Right, right. Like, Javid is, puts on his earphones and is listening to Bruce Springsteen, and then the lyrics are, like, written across the screen. Oh. Um, so, it's... Filmed, you know how I would describe it? It's filmed very much like a music video. Oh, okay. Like okay. a two and a half hour music video. Okay. Um, so take that as you will. Some people probably won't find that very accessible. Interesting. It might get old for some people. Yeah. There's some scenes where um, the music is playing and the characters are singing over the music because like the it's like happening in real time right so like right, right. so like oh, he puts on the cassette and then starts singing and all the other characters start singing along interesting okay um but not in the musical in the sense that it's like not telling the music isn't telling the story so there, the yeah music is yeah happening in real gotcha. time um, yeah, so then it, then it, I would say it's not a musical because a musical not. is a very specific convention of when music comes in and why. It's all it's like a music video. Yeah, the, yeah gotcha. would be the best that way to describe sense, it. Yeah. And he, um, you know, he's very frustrated as a young person, just like any young person is frustrated. But the added fact that you know he's a racial minority in his yeah. town yeah. and he um, is poor essentially, so all those added frustrations, and he feels like Bruce Springsteen is really singing about his experience because Bruce Springsteen sings about lower income towns in America, like in New Jersey, and how like life is hard, but we have to keep striving for our dreams, and you know the man's gonna get us down, blah blah blah. blah. So it's a very inspirational mm-hmm. movie. Like it sounds mm-hmm. a little bit corny describing it, but it's very sweet. Um, I don't think the movie is as successful as another big m- movie, a big music movie that came out being um, uh, the yesterday. Oh, yesterday, the yeah, Beatles yeah. one. It's been a big summer for big m- music movies. Yeah. Um so I wouldn't say it's as successful as yesterday. Mm. Um which is more of a kind of a musical, sure. I guess. Yeah. Um but this movie was still enjoyable to watch. Javid gives a, I would say the whole cast give very solid performances. There's good chemistry. Um the story is very believable and it's also timely because sort of the social um circumstances of the 80s are being mirrored today, right? Is the movie a little bit cheesy sometimes? Yes. yes. I mean, it's kind of, like, <laughs> yes, it's kind of a cheesy, cheesy. <laughs> premise. It is based on a true story. Yeah. The real Javid has seen Bruce Springsteen live 150 times. Wow. wow. So it's based on a true story. And Javid and the friend who introduced him to Bruce Springsteen are still friends. Um, Very cool. So it's, you know, it's like a sweet movie to end the summer with. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has some important things to say, again, about, you know, being sort of a minority in mm-hmm. a community. But mm-hmm. I feel like um, as a coming-of-age story, anyone can relate to feeling kind of alienated growing yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of latching onto a thing that gives us a sense of identity and strength. Yeah. So the story is very timeless. Um, 
so mine would be a see it just go in knowing that it's not going to be like uh, like yesterday was such a well-crafted film yeah yeah you know what i mean like it it didn't not quite to that level but and like it could have yesterday could have veered into cheesiness but never did right whereas this movie is like it gets a little corny very but like in a nice you know end of summer yeah yeah like lighthearted and yeah have some fun dan's review was that it was much sadder for longer than he thought it would be. Okay, okay. So, you know, because the central conflict is between Javid and his father. Right. Um, they're at conflict in the movie for probably three, three-fourths of the, like a mm, three-quarters right, of the right. movie. Right, and it kind of continues on and And persists. so, you know, you kind of want Javid to, like, get a break yeah. sooner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He yeah, doesn't. Yeah. Definitely. So that was the Dan, the Dan review, the Dan was review. that it's a little bit sadder. Okay. Um than he thought it would be um but it does have that sort of uplifting quality and it does have a happy ending there you go um that's not a spoiler no no that type of movie you generally you wanted to have have. yeah yeah unless it's unless it's a movie like her smell that just ends this movie at least has like you know (laughs) yeah it has a coherent and it has like a very coherent story yeah um pacing wise i did think there was kind of along dan's line of thinking like it's like okay, let's get the story moving right, a little right. bit. How long was quicker. it? Quicker. It was over two hours. Okay, okay. I think it was like maybe two hours and ten minutes, oh, okay, or maybe okay. two. Yeah, I think two hours and ten minutes, so a little bit longer. It for it kind of being this feel good summer movie, like an hour and a half probably could have done it. Sure. And we would have still gotten the full yeah picture, but I still say it's a see it. See it. Okay. So blinded by the light is a see it. Um, and then we have uh, each given our It Chapter 2 uh, reviews as well. So for me, that's a stream it for It Chapter 2 and a skip it for Taylor. So there you go. Those are our movie reviews for, for this week. Um, now we're going to go into a segment that's my favorite segment of the show, but almost no one else's. Um, we do something called Not a Great Plan where we talk about all the different headlines that we've heard that Taylor's gathered um, in movie and film news. We get uh, Tony Stark's uh, opinion of it, and then we give our opinion of it. Yeah, Tony Stark doesn't always agree with us. No, sometimes so Tony Stark thinks it's not a great plan, and we think it is. So anyway, we'll head into our opening and then go into our first headline. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not A Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella, you've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not A Great Plan. That's right, it's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Venice loves villains as Joker and Roman Polanski both take home major festival awards. Not a great plan. Um, yeah, this Joker movie. People, okay. I'm, I'm real. I still don't know. <laughs> I haven't see, seen it yet, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I am 100% for it. Right. And there's people, I don't know, everyone's like, oh, the 4chan guys, this is going to be their movie. You know what I mean? Like the incels are going to adopt the Joker movie. Oh, yeah. Blah, no, blah, no blah, I blah. don't. And I just think, I'm like, wow, well, 
I am a diehard Joaquin Phoenix fan. Yeah. So I think what he's going to do with the Joker is going to be phenomenal. But I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just not cynical enough, but I feel like this is going to be like an event. You know what I mean? The thing is, is that I... I want to agree with you, and everything I've seen makes me think I should want to agree with you. Like, every trailer's been great. So did you see the the new trailer when you saw it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That looks phenomenal. There's just something. And I don't know if it's because DC has burned me too many times. <laughs> but there's just something that is sticking me with these trailers. I don't know if it's tone. I don't know what it is. But there's something that's making me go... Do you think it's taking know, itself too seriously? Maybe, and that's a big problem that DC has had, and the the dark tone doesn't work for DC. Like, they keep th- throwing this dark tone into things, thinking it's going to work, and it does more in the Batman universe than anything, but I don't know. I guess I've just... Here's the thing. DC is is the ex that's hurt me too much. Yes. Um, but DC you want to keep taking took, her back. Yes, I do, be, because <laughs> she's got such great qualities, life. right? But the problem is, is she took Superman away from me. And took Batman away from me and took the Justice League away from me and ruined the Flash and gave me like an okay Aquaman that I'm like so-so about. But I'm like I'm like okay with that movie. The only thing that has come out of good of DC that I've really liked has been Wonder Woman. So I'm just – I like Joaquin Phoenix too. But there's just something that I'm going, okay, I'm I'm cautious about this one. I feel like we have to treat this as like a different – a whole different entity. Yeah, but it's the same producers. Like it's a new director, which is great. Joaquin Phoenix, great, new, looks like a new tone, different shift. Same producers, same same studio. Studio, yeah. you know, it's like it's like yeah, no, hey, she she changed a lot of things about her life, but I'm still I don't know. Are you the same person deep down, or are you like I don't know? I'm I'm that concerned about it. I'm very excited. I'm will probably have all of my hopes dashed. And and this is one that I think we'll probably do a spoiler episode about too. We'll probably review it and then we'll do a spoiler episode as a special podcast. Um, And then Roman Polanski is getting another award. So so the Joker won like the big festival prize, the Golden Lion. That's kind of a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, The Venice Film Festival is like a prestige. Mm -hmm. Um, It's up there with Cannes and TIFF and and the Berlin film one. Anyway, so it's a big one. So it's pretty impressive that a quote-unquote superhero movie is winning like this big prestigious award. So um, the Joker reportedly received an eight-minute standing ovation at its world premiere. So that's the first part of the headline, and we'll see if it deserves the eight-minute yeah, ovation. Makes, it makes me so nervous. It's coming anyway. out in October. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we have a couple. We have like a month and a half. I know. It makes me so nervous. Um, and then the flip side was that Roman Polanski, the man everyone loves to hate, yeah. my favorite um, my favorite problematic thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, listeners, you'll learn. Um, I regret to inform you that Roman Polanski is one of my top directors yeah and then um, we, I mean, we talked about this topic so many times yeah. about and we'll how, always you know, come back it's to all, it. we're always going to come back to this um yeah. so anyways as everyone knows roman plansky has been accused um not even accused he's been found guilty, found guilty of yeah. assaulting an underage girl and he fled prosecution and now lives in europe but europeans still love him and continue to give him awards so his new film an officer and a spy won a grand jury award yeah so in terms of the hierarchy i don't I don't know like how important that award is, but he still he still got an award. Is that film coming to film festivals in North America? An officer and a spy. Because I've heard it's about of the Dreyfus it. affair. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. I haven't heard of, the only buzz I've heard about it has been having to do with the Venice Film Festival okay. and essentially people being like, why do people still continue to show his movies? And yeah. It's, well, yeah. because he's still a premier. Yeah. He's still one of the best living directors we have. Right. Um, And people can disagree with me, but based on his filmography, he continues to make very important films. I think like... <laughs> this is the thing that's tough and this th- these conversations are tough and they should be but if if and some people can't and we've already addressed on this show that if you can't do this that's okay if you separate the person from the art there is no way someone could disagree with that statement he is one of the yeah. best directors working like artistically and the things he does he is he's not a great person and for a lot of people they can't separate that but that's this i've said the same thing about kevin spacey has been one of the best actors of of our generation. Some people can't separate him from from real. And maybe maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. That's yeah. up to each person. I don't, it's not an easy but answer. It's not. Like Woody you're, Allen, you're right. I won't. I would never rush out to see a Woody Allen mm-hmm. movie. But to be fair, I don't think Woody Allen is in the same caliber as Roman Polanski. No, I don't. I, I completely agree with that. So anyways, people can come at me. For that, no one has though. No, as often as I bring up Roman Polanski, no one has ever written in. Again, at least our fans. I mean, if you're new to the show, you should go back because we have several episodes where we go deeper into these topics, and I think people seem to agree with us. I mean, we got some positive feedback a couple times about bringing up the topic. I think, you know, I think we obviously right now we're not diving into it as deep as we have, but I think we both presented our reasons for why we thought and felt what yeah. we did. Um, but also you're not hiding the fact that he's done things. You've Every time you bring him up, you bring up what he did too. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, you're, you're hundred percent separating it. You're just saying the artist has a lot of strong qualities that makes him one of the best directors today. The person, not great. Yeah. Um, so shall we move on? Yeah. Let's do the next headline. Federal prosecutors are seeking a month of prison time for Felicity Huffman. Not a great plan. I did not hear about this. So everyone has been focusing on um, your favorite girl from Fuller House, from Full House. Oh, yes. Uh, Laura uh, Lachlan. Yes. So um, Felicity Huffman, who is married to also an actor, he's on um, he's on a television show. But if you see his face. Yeah, I recognize You'd recognize him. So anyways, Felicity Huffman has been, um, she was also, for again, new listeners, we've been covering um, this Varsity Blue scandal, which essentially (laughs) (laughs) is, um, it was the um, college admission scandal. Mm -hmm. So we found out a bunch of actors and other kind of powerful people were rigging the entrance exams and things like that um essentially scamming their kids yeah, and Lori Lachlan from fuller house was one of them and yeah so felicity huffman um hasn't she's been making a couple headlines but i think because the other woman like she like declined her offer and blah mm. blah, blah like her deal all these crazier things have happened um that's why that's been getting pressed but essentially um the federal prosecutors announced a sentence for felicity huffman because she did plead guilty she took a plea deal they want to give her a $20,000 fine, a year of supervised release, and a month of federal prison time. Wow. So, <laughs> That's still a lot. Yeah. No, it is like – it's pretty substantial. And they opted for the prison time because they wanted – they didn't want to just give her a slap on the wrist. They wanted to they make wanted a point to, of saying yeah. this was a serious crime. Yeah, yeah. We don't want people repeating it. I still think that's 
pretty like everything you just listed is still pretty substantial. It's that's a, not, like, it's not, a, not just it's a slap not on the nothing, wrist. Nothing to yeah. sneeze at. No. So she pled um, earlier this year. She pled guilty to charges of mail fraud and and honest service fraud. Okay. Um, I'm not familiar with that term. Maybe it's an American crime, but essentially it was in connection to this college admission scandal. You know, rigging the system in order to get our kids into school i should note these aren't even really spectacular schools i don't know (laughs) if you're gonna risk federal prison time you better be getting me like if my parents were gonna risk jail time you better be getting me into harvard yeah i I would expect at least like harvard (laughs) yale they're like university of california like thousand thousand oaks but they're like i don't know they don't seem like very good maybe Maybe in, the, oaks. maybe in the grand scheme of things, these are like more or less good schools in yeah, the, the yeah. states, but they're not like well-known names to the, us. Not, not the, yeah, not like the big schools. So it's like, oh my gosh, you're spending thousands of dollars to get your kid into like, I don't for want some to people, offend anyone. But for, for like some Brock. people that, yeah, like for some people that's like what, <laughs> Brock. <laughs> for some people that's like, uh, that means everything, right, to them for, for whatever reason and the, and the school they go to and maybe the family history yeah. that's connected, like, is the most important thing. Like, did these parents, these actors who have been acting their whole lives, they probably maybe didn't even go to university, right? Some of them would have. Some of them wouldn't. It all yeah. depends. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of them acting. wouldn't have. Yeah. It all depends. Yeah, it all depends when they started because some, some actors go through acting school and that's how they get to yeah. this point and some don't. So, like, it all just depends. So, Felicity Huffman, she's facing pretty serious – um, a pretty serious sentence. I think her lawyers are trying to repeal it to like mitigate the month in federal prison, but I don't know. I don't know how much leeway you have with these things. I feel like once a sentence is handed out, that's what you get yeah, unless yeah. you appeal. Yeah. Um, the woman from Full House, again, what's her name? Oh, Lori Lachlan. She is facing up to a year yeah. in prison. And because she was kind of dumb and rejected her plea deal, yeah. um, and everyone was like, you're not going to get anything better. Everyone's like, Aunt Becky, come on. <laughs> she thought, she's like, oh, I'll reject this deal and like, you know, I'll get another one. It's like, no, oh. now you're facing a year. Yeah, now, no, now you're going to jail because you rejected that deal. Yeah, that's not, it's not the but system That's word. the thing is like some, for some people, unfortunately, when privilege, they get, right? yeah, the privilege really gets shown here. But it's like, oh, well, nothing's going to happen to me. It's it wasn't like, a serious n- crime. No. And, the, and the courts are saying, no, this was a serious. <laughs> yeah, this is serious. Yeah. You're going to prison. <laughs> you should have just donated a library like normal people Yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, just donate in a library and then your kid will get in. Like, what do you want? Build a new, build yeah. a new gymnasium. It would have been, you could spend the same amount of money, probably less, on just building them a new library. And there you go. Yeah. Um, okay, what's uh, what's the next headline? Frack culture is a cult in this new trailer for Sophia Tackle's Black Christmas trailer. Not a great plan. I did not see this trailer, but I did see the Netflix Christmas trailer for Noel or something. Oh, or something with something Anna Kendrick. Corny. Not good. Doesn't look good. <laughs> but um, anyway, what's this one? So I saw this at the Cinepl- before it chapter two. They did play the trailer and I oh, knew okay. immediately from like the opening scenes. I'm like, I lean over to my friend, I'm like, oh, this is the Black Christmas remake. So Black Christmas is sort of a seminal slasher film okay. from uh late 70s i think and it does feature a canadian and i'm drawing a blank i think it's margo no yes i think margo kidder is in the original black christmas but anyways the original black christmas takes place at a sorority house 
over Christmas break. And it's a pretty typical sort of the killers in the house mm-hmm. type setup. Mm-hmm. So the girls are being picked off one by one right. by um, a murderer in the house. Um, it's a very good slasher flick. Um, and again, pretty, I, I think it's considered pretty influential for that genre. So, of course, like all things, they have to take a good thing and make it crappy yeah, for 2019. Usually. So, I think the strength of the original Black Christmas movie is that whole the killers in the house scenario, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That... You know, it's like the babysitter movie where, like, the calls are coming yeah, from yeah, the house. Yeah, that's what makes like, it interesting. That's what yeah, makes it interesting. Yeah. It's one person who's attacking these girls. So, like, there's that really real fear that, you know, it's Christmas break, someone has come into your house and is sort of invading your safety, right? So in the new trailer, it's more or less the same setup. It's a sorority house, it's Christmas break, and the sisters are being picked off one by one. Okay. Except it's very obvious in the trailer that it's not one killer, it's a cult, and the cult happens to be, like, the rival fraternity. And um, Wesley from The Princess Bride is, like, the dean of the school and is involved in the crimes. This is all. This Wait, is not. What? This, is, this not, is all in the trailer? This is all in the trailer. So what's left to see in the movie? The girls, either they live or they don't. They die. That's yeah. literally, like. So, I See, I hate that. I hate when people think the point of a slasher movie or horror movie is more just to see the gore and whatever. That's usually the side part. Like it's it's the, like the fear is a stranger attacking you yeah, in your own home. And it's all like it's the it's where you know Saw One comes out and I think was a phenomenal movie. And, and most then, people agree with you. And then Saw Two through Seventeen is just garbage because some idiot at a studio went, well, they only really like the gore. That's what everyone likes about it. No, it's yeah, it's it's because porn. and it's because it was it, it was in small doses. That you like it. It was psychological. Yeah. Why is Jaws a good movie? You can barely see the shark. Why is Saw a good movie? Because there's only two or three moments of that thing happening, but it's all psychological and it takes effort to write and to be and to be careful. But people are so lazy, they'll just throw whatever at something. It's like, well, we just gotta make movie. We gotta make money off this. Like whatever. So I'm all for a good cult movie. Sure. But I feel like But you're for a good cult movie. Yeah, and like I feel like this is <laughs> sloppy like if you're gonna remake again a seminal horror movie either it should be sort of a faithful adaptation Mm -hmm. like it doesn't make like it should just be a different movie yeah you know what i mean like why are you slapping on the black christmas absolutely Um, make a unique new movie with the the, and you don't they think it'll sell tickets that's the only reason they're like they'll think like people like me oh you liked the original but it's like are you dumb no now i have even less interest in seeing the remake no the answer is they are dumb. <laughs> so one just fact, listeners, you know that a couple weeks ago I went to go see The Art of Self-Defense. Yes. And there's more or less only one female actor in that whole movie. She happens to be the lead in, in this, this movie? new Black Christmas movie. <laughs> there you go. Imogene Poot. That, Don't know her. I did not recognize her at all um, when I saw The Art of Self-Defense, but... She has a pretty distinctive look. Yeah. And so I recognized her immediately. So I guess studios think she's going to be maybe, I don't know, an up-and-comer. The fact I that guess she's so. kind of yeah. – She was in this indie movie and now she's in this big – It seems like sometimes young actresses either get their start in these horror movies or it ruins their career. I mean, yeah, a lot a lot of young actresses do start Like Jennifer there. Lawrence, mm-hmm. a, a lot of her first movies were thrillers. Mm-hmm. Kristen Stewart, she was in a lot Elizabeth of thrillers. Elizabeth Olsen. Um, 
so yeah, I, I mean, the likelihood of me going to see Black Christmas now is pretty slim. It looks, but it might be one of those movies you go see. There's, it's the middle of winter. There's nothing else to see. (laughs) So you go, yeah, yeah, like laugh. So truth and time will tell. But I, why give everything away in the trailer? I don't know. Weird. Uh, Okay, what's the next headline? Hulu and MGM already planning to bring Handmaid's Tale sequel, The Testaments, to the screen. Not a great plan. Ah. Have you been watching The Handmaid's Tale? <laughs> no, I haven't gotten around to it. Uh, I'm honestly, I'm trying to finish Westworld before I take on another I know, series. I know, jump. I watched the first season of Handmaid's Tale, and I just found it so bleak. And just so, just, yeah, bleak is the only way to describe it. I've got no joy from watching the show. I like Elizabeth Moss. She's a great actress. But um, anyway, so I stopped after the first season. I heard pretty bad things about the third season. Apparently, they're kind of spinning their wheels. And even Margaret Atwood, who wrote The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. she said, you know, I'm giving you all these outs to like, because she is a consulting. Um, I don't think she's a producer, but she's she's like a, a consulting, consulting for the show. Yeah. And she's saying, you know, here are all the ways to get the plot moving again. Mm-hmm. And they didn't take any of those suggestions in season three. So hopefully season four um, kind of gets the people are essentially waiting for the revolution. Right. right? right if right. anyone knows about The Handmaid's Tale. So Margaret Atwood, I think, I mean, she's a prolific Canadian writer, but she's probably also a businesswoman. Cashing in on the success of mm-hmm. The Handmaid's Tale recently wrote a sequel called The Testaments. She wrote this book in the 80s. She wrote the original in the 80s, which makes me think this is really just a bank check. Right, okay. Um, so the book is due out on September 10th mm-hmm. today. Um, and it's going to be from this perspective of off. It's, sorry, not from the perspective of Offred, Offred who is the main, character, the main character of The Handmaid. Yeah. But instead, it's from the perspective of three other women connected to Gilead, a young woman raised in the oppressive regime, a Canadian teen who learns that she was actually born there, and Aunt Lydia, who is the the villain of both yep. the book and the TV series. Mm-hmm. So Hulu and MGM are already planning to bring the testaments to the screen. The book hasn't even been published yet, wow. technically. Um, though <laughs> it's unclear whether it'll be an extension of The Handmaid's Tale, so like, you know, season yeah. six, seven, eight, or if it's going to be a new production altogether called They're the They're really banking on this. Without This is it makes me season 4 hasn't even aired yet. Yeah. Season 3 was more or less not good right. from what I hear. Yeah, from what, yeah. Um and like has anyone even read the I mean maybe the maybe they've read it. got yeah. to read excerpts or whatever. But if they haven't I mean, You're this really... is another decision where they're just it, – it's, it's just like Money. the – yeah, it's like the Justice League decision and and everything where they're like, oh, oh well, we got one, so we're planning six more. And then yeah. what happens people, if it – People really like this. Yeah, so what that's... happens if the fourth season's also not good and you lose all your momentum? It's like when um, – we, we bring this up a lot, but the most recently was when um, This Is Us – was renewed for like not one season but like three three and i think that is such a gamble and i already think like this is an unpopular opinion but i already think you're getting diminishing returns with this is us like i think the beginning was i don't think it's as good right now i still i'm still like engaged and i'm gonna watch it every week but i just don't think this is it's us not as good as is the not first as good as the first season like i think you've already started to see diminishing returns so three more years of it and I think this is what we're going to see with The Handmaid's yeah. Tale, unless 
this sequel is what it takes to sort of reboot you know get back on track yeah and yeah moving yeah and and maybe get things going again um but it just seems weird i mean it's kind of like when you know game of thrones started veering from the original content these things happen like you know books aren't published as quickly as the movie or the tv show but um, to be fair though in the Game of Thrones example, like he had years to finish a book, he had like ten years to finish one book. George R. R. Martin, and he yeah, didn't he's even just do taking it. his sweet time. I don't think, I don't think he's gonna ever finish. Well, the, the fear, books. the fear is that he'll pass away. Like, that yeah, was a I real, think that's a real possibility. That was a legitimate fear when they were making the show to the point where, like, he had given them chapter outlines. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not in good health. No, I think he's approaching his 70s so Um, at least this book is like it came out today it's out there maybe the producers got to read it in advance and we're like we love this we're gonna make something margaret atwood continues to be involved with the project it just doesn't sound like it's one of those things that just doesn't sound good even though it could be i feel like and this is totally just founded on my own opinion but sometimes when things become really successful i'm trying so I feel like Margaret Atwood only wrote this book because she knew that the show was so popular. Right. So if she didn't get the chance right. to tell tell her version of the story, she would have had to been okay with um, sort of the studio's version of like future events. So Agreed, yeah. the best example I have is Thomas Harris, who wrote the Hannibal books. Mm-hmm. So the studio approached him saying, you know, we want to write a prequel story mm-hmm. to Hannibal. We love the character. Um, either you write a book or we're going to make the movie ourselves. Yep. So he wrote Hannibal Rising and it is a crap book. And guess what? It's more or less a crap movie. Because you're not – you're writing it under pressure of, of trying to make money as opposed to I and have like, a story to tell. And like yeah. protecting your own creative yeah, legacy. Totally, totally. So I don't know. Like maybe Margaret Atwood was just inspired and she thought now is the time to release this yeah, book. Yeah. But in my gut, I feel like it was just – so that she had her own opportunity before the TV studios essentially were yeah, like, maybe. this is yeah, where, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the same with Hannibal, right? I want to like, have a chance to tell it the way I want either to. Either you yeah, write the yeah. book or we're going to kind of go on our own. Well, so, there you go. Time will tell on a, yet another one as we see what they do with it. Um, we have one last headline there? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Brad Pitt confirms that Tarantino is considering a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood miniseries. Not a great plan. What? What? Why? So, um... <laughs> Tarantino did this with The Hateful Eight. He had a lot of unaired footage of that movie, The Hateful Eight. So yeah. he re-released the film as a four-hour miniseries. When, so instead of when like, did he do that for The Hateful Eight? Oh, maybe like two years ago. Really? I completely missed that. I actually like The Hateful Eight. Well, now you can watch four hours of it. I didn't know that. <laughs> I actually would. It's on Netflix. I don't think I would watch four more hours of One Spot Time in Hollywood, though. Like, I feel like I... So Tarantino... <laughs> cut a lot of scenes and a lot of holly famous hollywood actors make cameos as other famous actors like burt reynolds and stuff so the thinking brad pitt has said you know tarantino is thinking about this another actor has said it so it would probably be a similar thing as the hateful ape tarantino will approach netflix and i think most of his movies are on netflix anyway so he probably is the hateful eight four-hour thing on netflix yeah I, I honestly I had no idea. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> I got something to do later. <laughs> they want to do this. Well, he's thinking about doing it with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, 
uh, we both our review of the film we thought it was too long. I thought like it was three two hours. Long. Yeah, maybe it'll be different because it's a it's broken up as mini series like episodes, right? Like an hour, probably. Sure, and I mean if it could fit, you know, fix in a way some of the plot holes. But but I don't think it's gonna fix the ending, which I didn't. Really and I like. don't think it's gonna fix plot holes because that's not how Tarantino writes. No, <laughs> so, you're right. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. So um, for fans of Tarantino, this is a super great, wonderful plan. And for people like me, yeah, you're not a fan. But it's like I'm the middle ground where I'm like I'm not a fan of his work in general. I just there are some movies I like of his and some I don't. Yeah. So, you know, you can go on Netflix and watch the extended version of Hateful Eight and you'll Which probably just skip out on this Once Upon a Time. And I will because <laughs> I don't want to see any more of that. I've seen it. I'm good. But but Hateful Eight, I'll watch more of. Hopefully it's still on Netflix. D- yes. Like you've got years. me very excited. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. That's something for me to do later in the week. <laughs> um, so before we end the show, I have one quick thing. Have you watch the the latest i don't know if you're into this stuff but the latest dave Chappelle sticks and stones dan watched it over the weekend okay and told me i would not like it yeah i know i don't <laughs> think he would like it but the, i just wanted to bring up quickly that he does a jesse schmolet update oh. smollett schmolet whatever his name is uh update in that and talks about we the whole it. thing <laughs> yeah like actually well there's a lot of language thing but if you could get dan to find that section for you i think you would find it funny because he I shares a lot of the opinions. It a little of, yeah. bit. It's it's blue humor, like it's yeah, 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 colorful. Yeah, no, like and the, like the thing I've I always have liked J- Dave Chappelle and of his specials. This isn't my favorite, and there's some bits I don't like and some I do. But I really thought his talk about Jesse Smollett was was hilarious. I'll have Dan. Um, yeah, it, just me. just have Dan find that section for you, and I actually think just because of the show and how much we've talked about yeah, him, I find I think you worth. would find it funny. It made me think of it. it um, but anyway, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, thanks everyone for for listening. As we said, next week is a TIFF episode. I'm sure we'll do other things. We'll go we'll have time for fan questions. We might not review a movie depending upon um, what is there's something coming out. If there's something we really want to, we will. But otherwise, it will be a, a TIFF. Heavy. Um, heavy episode. Nicole will be calling in. We're going to get the full update from Toronto and everything she saw. Um, so if you have any TIFF-related questions, you can send them in for next week or just general questions because we will do fan questions next Always. week for sure. Um, but anyway, that would thank you for listening to Screening in Kingston. Go see some movies. <laughs>